everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Wicked Good Sports, the podcast. We have a jam-packed episode for you for our first one. We're going to start off talking about the magical ending to the Dolphins and Raiders fans brought about by Ryan Fitzpatrick, otherwise known as Ryan Fitzmagic. Then we're going to move on and talk about a sad story in Dwayne Haskins potentially having his career be over. We'll talk a little bit about the Jets blowing their lead for the number one overall pick um, and losing out on Trevor Lawrence. And then we will break down the AFC and NFC playoff pictures. You are not going to want to miss it. Ryan Fitzpatrick. The man is the stuff of legends. Be that because he's a meme due to his play being either Fitz Magic or Fitz Tragic, or the beard, or the fact that he's been on so many different teams. He's fairly beloved, I'd say, by the average NFL fan. And he added another, I guess, chapter to his legacy when he helped the Miami Dolphins defeat the Las Vegas Raiders 26-25 to on Saturday night and positioned the Dolphins very well in terms of making the playoffs at the end of the season. See, Ryan Fitzpatrick may actually be a wizard. Um, he he somehow came back from a few scores down to lead them to a victory, replacing Tua, who, as a Dolphins fan, I was a bit disappointed to see that Tua was being benched. I kind of felt like, okay, he's struggling. The game isn't going quite his way. Maybe you guys roll with him. He's a rookie. He needs to learn. But I will say after having a day of thinking on it, I am quite happy that the Dolphins won, put themselves in a position to make the playoffs, and Tua was already named the starter for the next game. So if you didn't see how this ended, the Dolphins were trailing 23-25. to they got the ball on their own 25-yard line after the Raiders kicked a field goal to put them up. And there were only 19 seconds left. And at that point, it really did seem fairly bleak for the Dolphins. They had fought hard all game once Fitzpatrick had replaced Tua, who had gone 17 for 22 for 94 yards and a touchdown. But, if we're being honest, was pretty ineffective and wasn't able to drive the ball down the field be that his own decision-making or them not opening the playbook enough for him. So Fitzpatrick comes in, he throws a touchdown, which was really like a seven-yard slant to Miles Gaskins, who made an amazing play, turned it upfield, scored. Um, but at this point in the game, with 19 seconds left, things looked dire. So Fitzpatrick goes back to pass. He sees Matt Collins, who had dropped an easy touchdown earlier in the game, goes to unload. As he does so, his face mask is grabbed and just wrenched to the side. People were saying it was like he was throwing, looking out his ear hole, which I don't think is entirely inaccurate if you look at the clip. Matt Collins makes a great catch on the sideline, falls out of bounds. They're at, their, they're at the Raiders, 41. They're able to get 15 more yards with the face mask penalty. So they're at the 26. They run one more play to burn clock where Fitzpatrick rolls out and just throws the ball away. Then they have Jason Sanders, one of the best kickers in the league, come out, kick a field goal from 44 yards, 
put them up. They kick it off. The Raiders try to throw it around. Doesn't work. They fumble. Dolphins recover. Game over. Raiders eliminated from playoff contention. And the Dolphins are in a really good spot. So as I said earlier, I wasn't a huge fan of Flores benching Tua in that moment. Again, I kind of thought, hey, you got to roll with him. He needs to learn. But that's why I'm not an NFL coach and also why Brian Flores has, you know, the biggest balls of any NFL coach in the league right now. He's not afraid to make decisions that on the surface seem questionable, but he knows he has the locker room in a way that him replacing Tua, he won't lose them. They'll support him regardless. And that makes sense. I mean, as an NFL player, I'm sure all you really care about is winning. And if in that moment, Fitzpatrick provided the Dolphins a better chance to win, and I would say he did, then you have to go with Fitzpatrick. There was a similar situation in Denver earlier in the year where two was playing very ineffectively. Um, Fitzpatrick came in, almost tied them up, though did throw an interception, so it's more of the Fitz-tragic side of it to end that game. But this game, it all worked out, and they really put themselves in a good position going forward. If they win, they're in. Even if they lose, if one of the other teams, Ravens, Colts, Browns, also lose, they're in because they own tiebreakers over those teams. And the future in general looks very bright. And I would say this, more than anything, shows why Brian Flores should be heavily considered as the Coach of the Year candidate. Especially when you consider how poor they were last year. They started off, what, 0-7, finished 5-11, which was a great five and four finish to the season and since then he's gone ten and five so in that sense he's fifteen and nine over his last twenty four. When they were being called the worst team ever, they were having former players say that the league should investigate them for tanking, for putting players at risk. I just can't speak highly enough of Brian Flores and Chris Greer and everything they've done to improve the Dolphins. And as a Dolphins fan, I'm extremely excited to see where it goes from here. And yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this, let me know if you're a Dolphins fan. Let me know what your thoughts are on that insane ending. Let me know if you think it's even more insane than the Miami Miracle uh, where the Dolphins beat the Patriots a few years ago. And let's hope that they're able to actually build off this miraculous ending, unlike the Miami Miracle where they had to win the last two games to get in and they lost both of them, which is very disappointing. All right, let's move on to Dwayne Haskins. So in some very disappointing news, Dwayne Haskins, the 15th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft for the Washington football team, has been released in just his second year. This comes after a very controversial week for the young player. He was photographed maskless in a strip club, and he lost his captain signature. Uh, He lost his captain designation. And that sucks enough, but then he had two bad games in a row, replacing Alex Smith, was benched in the last game, and now he's released. And I was a big fan of Dwayne Haskins coming out of college. I thought he was going to become a perennial solid starter, if not an elite starter. I thought he had a lot of the intangibles, big, strong, 
big arm, smart, went to Ohio State, was a winner. But it's possible that for the first time in his life, he was experiencing failure. Uh, many athletes who make it to the NFL have always been at the top of their game, have always been at the top of their class, have always succeeded. And going to the situation like the Washington football team was, where there was turmoil, not only on the field, but also behind the scenes, it had to be a weird situation for a player like him. Not to make excuses, of course, just to just to add a little bit to there. So uh, Haskins' tumultuous journey started last season where he was starting a game and caught flack for taking a selfie when he should have been on the field in a win late against the Lions, taking a knee. Um, instead, he was taking selfies with fans on the sidelines. People didn't like that too much. It showed he was being a little immature. This offseason, he was very active on social media, showing that he had lost weight. He was more committed to being the starting quarterback for the Washington football team. Because of that, he was voted as captain, which is, of course, always a great sign. Uh, going into the season, there were a lot of high hopes for not only Haskins, but for the football team overall, with Ron Rivera as their new coach. Unfortunately, it only took a few weeks for Haskins to be benched after not performing well. And also, there were leaks about his maturity behind the scenes not being very great, not being up to the level that Ron Rivera wanted. So... He is able to come back from that due to injuries. Alex Smith hurt his calf. Kyle Allen got hurt. And he has a very, very bad game two weeks ago. And to top it off, he is photographed during a global pandemic, maskless at a strip club. Which is especially egregious considering his coach, Ron Rivera, just beat cancer. So his immune system probably not in the greatest spot. It's just an extremely reckless decision, and his captain designation was taken away. So then this game, he comes in, he plays poorly again. He gets benched for Chris Heineke. And instead of talking with the media after the game, he just leaves. He goes home. He does his media assignments from home, which is extremely strange. And there were rumblings about what this meant overall, and eventually... We heard that Dwayne Haskins was let go. It's ridiculously quick for a first-round pick to be released in such a way. It really only, like, Johnny Manziel, who I think even he got two full years before he was cast aside by Cleveland. But he's not in good company as of now, and I hope that he will be given a second chance because I do think the talent is there, and I think if he commits to it and hopefully this could be a wake-up call and maybe he goes to an organization where he can sit and learn behind a more established veteran he can put it all together i don't necessarily think anyone's going to pick him up this season it being so late in the season but i think he'll definitely get another opportunity sometime in the offseason to at least try to make a roster but all in all just just a really unfortunate and sad story for a guy who a couple years ago was potentially going to be the top quarterback taken he fell to 15 and ever since then it just it has not been a great look so I'm pulling for Haskins to turn things around 
Nobody wants to see someone go out like that. And we shall see. So the season is almost over and the playoff picture is solidifying in some ways. The Chiefs have clinched the number one overall slot in the AFC. And there's a lot going on below them. The Bills right on their heels, but no bye week. Same thing with the Steelers. So most likely they're not going to have much to play for the last game of the season other than Pride. And... The Titans are still holding on in the AFC South for now. Although, I don't know if the Colts can win. I think if the Colts win and the Titans lose, the Colts would win the division. However, the Colts could also be out of the playoffs altogether, which they are right now. With seven playoff spots available, the Raiders, they're out. Colts are on the outside looking in the Dolphins, Browns, and Ravens are all in those three wildcard spots. And let's talk about the Dolphins first off at number five. They have the easiest road. They win. They're in. That's it. Doesn't matter. If they lose and either the Colts, Ravens, or Brown lose, they are also in as they hold the tiebreakers over those teams. The Colts, they need to win and they need to get help uh, from one of those other teams losing. The Browns, they have to play the Steelers, who probably will have nothing to play for and will probably be sitting out at least Big Ben. He looks like he can use it at times this season, as well as some of their other starters. The <laughs> and, and But even with that said, after they lost to the Jets, nothing's certain because Mason Rudolph could potentially beat them with how they played. Granted, they most likely will have their receivers back, and that was such a fluke, but... Not the spot you want to be in after being 10-3 and three and taking the Ravens down to the wire just two weeks ago. The Ravens, they play the Bengals. They're in for sure. Lock them up. They're not going to lose to the Bengals to get into the playoffs. The Titans will probably beat the Texans. So it really comes down to the Dolphins and Browns, both playing division rivals with nothing to gain and who might rest their starters. And the Colts also could lose. I don't I don't necessarily want to write anything in stone because I don't want to jinx the Dolphins because I really would like to see them make the playoffs, though, as a longtime Dolphins fan. Them potentially losing and not making the playoffs would just be like, yeah, that would just be very Miami Dolphins of them. If I had to say a team that I think isn't going to make it, I would say the Colts, just by virtue of being in the unfortunate position of missing out on tiebreakers. And with seven playoff spots, I don't think you ever thought that an 11-5 team can miss the playoffs. There are many years when there are only six teams that 10-6, and 9-7 got you that wild card. And only very rarely, off the top of my head, I can only think of the 2008 Patriots who lost out at 11-5 and and missed the playoffs yeah, that's really it. And when you compare it to the NFC, the NFC is just so stacked with talent and consistent teams. It's unfortunate that somebody from the Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and Colts are going to miss the playoffs, whereas somebody from the NFC East is going to make the playoffs. It's no, it's no good. It's no good at all. Let me know your thoughts in the comments to this podcast and this video. 
on who you think is going to make the playoffs from the AFC. Let me know if you think the Dolphins are going to break my heart again. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised. It's a pretty common thing to happen. But I'm going to I'm gonna keep hope alive. And next week, if they miss the playoffs, I'm going to probably be quite sad on uh, on the main on this. And we'll we'll see what happens. So the NFC playoff picture has solidified, I think, a little bit more than the AFC playoff picture has. You have the Green Bay Packers up at the top with the one seed. Probably will win, probably will get that. They have the tiebreaker over the Saints, although the Seattle Seahawks actually have the tiebreaker over the Packers. So in that sense, they could actually be the team that wins the NFC gets the number one seed, gets home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and this year gets the only bye, which is huge. We'll see if that happens, because the Packers are playing the Bears. I think they should beat the Bears, especially with all that on the line. And then beyond those three teams, we have the fourth seed, which is the NFC East. Yeah. So the NFC East has been a garbage fire this year i think the giants will get in if only because i'm a big daniel jones fan i've been high on him since he came out and especially in his first preseason i thought he showed a lot of good a lot of good stuff um although if the washington football team makes it after the week that they've had that would be extremely impressive having released dwayne haskins and starting christian heineke and if they win and alex smith comes back and wins a playoff game or does a you know good performance in the playoffs. I mean, someone better call up Alex Smith's agent, get that life movie rights because that's a that's close to a storybook ending outside of winning the Super Bowl as one can get. He's definitely going to win the comeback player of the year for the second time. For a man who had his leg just obliterated and had so many surgeries, infections, nearly died, to come back and perform at a high level, just hats off to him. He's a great story. But like I said, I think the Giants will win. As we move down to the last wild card spots, we have the Ram Cardinals, Bears all vying for two spots as the other spot is wrapped up by the Buccaneers at 10-5. and five. So first time the Buccaneers are going to make the playoffs since 2007, I believe. So great, great addition adding Tom Brady. I guess that worked out pretty well for them but the Rams and Cardinals actually play one another but the Bears play the Packers as I said before I don't think the Bears can beat the Packers um not with everything on the line and I think the Cardinals will beat the Rams which will lead to the Rams and Cardinals getting in I don't think the Rams are that talented I just shouldn't say that they're talented where they lack game-changing talent is at quarterback Jared Goff has his moments, for sure, but he's not the guy who's going to lead into a Super Bowl. We saw that a few years ago. He has an injured thumb, so that's going to hamper him even more. He's going to try to go. We'll see how that goes. I just think Kyler Murray will step up. Larry Fitzgerald will help have that team ready to make a playoffs, make potentially a final push for him in his legendary career, and I'm looking forward to that. And on the flip side, I think it's actually kind of a good thing that the Bears would lose and would be eliminated because if I'm being brutally honest, Mitch Trubisky, while he has a 
very good record under Matt Nagy, better than you would expect. He's not he's not the future of Chicago. He's not he's not gonna get it done for them long term. I think it would be better for them to lose to not sign him to a long term deal, as I've heard's been thrown around, and to instead focus on finding a better quarterback to be in Matt Nagy's system to potentially lead them, you know, to more sustainability than Mitchell Trubisky can give them. But yeah, if you're a fan of any of these teams, leave us a comment and let us know who you think is going to be in the playoffs for the NFC. So one more topic here. We gotta, we have to talk about the New York Jets and losing the number one pick. All right, to close the show off here, we just uh, we got to talk about something hilarious. The New York Jets have now won two straight games, which is great, right? It would be in any other season, but considering the Jets started off the season 0-13 and looked destined to get the generational talent that is Trevor Lawrence, the fact that they have now put themselves in a position to absolutely not have the first overall pick, that instead belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are now 1-14 after a 14-game losing streak. They are going to have to decide what to do, and I just feel really terrible for the fans. Nobody wants to root for a losing franchise, though I do think rooting for a losing franchise builds character. As I said, I've been a longtime Dolphins fan. I've seen my fair share of losses. And nobody wants to be the team that goes 0-16, as was being discussed earlier in the season, as a potential likelihood. But no one wants to be the team that picks Ryan Leaf instead of Peyton Manning. And the Jets did what the Jets do. They, they messed up here. No NFL player is going to want to put out bad tape. Nobody's going to not try to win. No coach is going to tank on purpose. But for the fans, this has to be just an extremely disheartening turn of events on top of a very disheartening season as a whole. You see, when the Dolphins drafted Ryan Tannehill in, was it, 2012 NFL draft, for a lot of that season, they were the worst team in the league. And it looked extremely likely that they were going to end up getting the number one overall pick and drafting their own generational talent in Andrew Luck. Obviously it didn't happen. They had a late season surge. The Colts were awful that season without Peyton Manning. They ended up drafting Andrew Luck. The Dolphins settled for Ryan Tannehill. And while Ryan Tannehill is doing quite well, I would say, in Tennessee, he only ever showed flashes of that potential in Miami. And eventually they had to move on altogether because it just wasn't working out. And after two coaching changes from head coach, let alone all the offensive coordinator changes. It just, it was what it was. It was disappointing. And while I don't like the Jets, I, on a human level, feel bad for their fans because, yes, Justin Fields is out there, but Trevor Lawrence, really, from the moment he burst onto the scene in Clemson, seemed like a lock to be the next star quarterback in the NFL. I know nothing's certain, but... He seemed as close to certain as possible. So to miss out on him, I, I don't know what, what they're going to do. They obviously need to fire Adam Gase. Again, as a Dolphins fan, you need to fire Adam Gase. He's, he doesn't have what it takes to lead a franchise. He's been just 
rolling on that endorsement from Peyton Manning for his whole head coaching career. It was a surprise in the first place that they picked him up, and while they had a strong end to the season, kind of like they're doing now, though more extended last season, it just, he can't do it. Is Sam Darnold just, you got to get rid of him? Maybe, maybe not. I think Sam Darnold has shown potential. I don't think he's had the help around him that he's required. So potentially another coaching staff could take a look at him and say, I can fix him. I can get him playing well. And we'll use that pick on somebody else. That'll be an interesting thing to see. But I don't know. If if you're a Jets fan and you're listening, what are your thoughts on this late season surge? I... I can't imagine you're anything but disappointed, but yeah, just let me know in the comments down below and we, we will, we'll see you. We'll see you in April when the Jets are on the clock at number two. I'm pretty sure it's locked up and hey, the Dolphins might be picking right behind you thanks to the Texans. So, you know, we'll be happy to take a good player that you guys don't take, whether, you know. Probably not quarterback, but we shall see. Hey, thanks for watching this video. If you want to watch the full episode, it will be out at the end of the week or on podcast services. Link in the description down below. And if you liked this, maybe subscribe. We're a new channel. We could definitely use it. And if you're into nerdy news or gaming, why don't you check out our main channel? We could get everything. We'll see you all in the next one.